0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. I won't lie to you. First off, this is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad down there in Studio X in Jackson. That's Rhino. Handling basically everything that's not me talking throughout this show. Appreciate him down there. And appreciate you guys tuning in, especially tonight. If you're listening and you can hear me on a Super Talk affiliate, that means you're you're not a, one of the uh, Super Talk affiliates covering the Mississippi State uh, basketball game, which means you might be an Ole Miss fan. But you know, I love you guys. You guys love me. We got that weird kind of relationship. It's all right. It's cool. I said I wasn't going to lie to you. Mississippi State basketball is not the most aesthetically pleasing thing in the world to watch. If you're watching this game right now, goodness gracious, 16-11 is the score. There's only five minutes to go in the first half, and that's the score. The teams are combined 10 of 40 from the field. My my rudimentary math skills tell me that's 25%. State is 1 for 11 from behind the line uh, and 0 of 3 from the free throw line. So you know that 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 adds up. That holds up to what I've seen before. This is just it's tough. Sixteen to eleven. Goodness. So we'll update this game throughout the show uh, and keep you keep you keep you tuned uh, to what's going on uh, in Athens as the Bulldogs and the Bulldogs go at it. But a lot to talk about, or is there? Is there a lot to talk about here on today's show? Because it has been a week of no news for the most part here at Mississippi State. It has been a week of waiting and wondering, and names getting brought up and then being forgotten. And if you listen to, uh, I think it was Monday's Thunder and Lightning podcast, I told you when it comes to, to figuring out who this new offensive coordinator is going to be for Mississippi State, I'm out. I'm out trying to figure it out. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it happen. And when when whoever wants me to retweet them, I will do. I will be happy to do it. But uh, as far as uh, getting involved in the uh, the whole melee that this has become, now I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick. Stay my. Uh, I'm gonna stay out of that because I feel like there's some misinformation. I feel like. Uh, I feel like names are being put out to, to find out leaks, and I feel like names are being put out as feeler. I, I don't feel like there's anything solid right now. And I don't know if I should credit Zach Arnett for that, or if there's just I, I, there's just not any real interest in the position. I feel I feel like that's difficult to believe. It's an SEC job. It's going to pay a good salary, a really good salary, I think. Why would it not be a popular position? I think that you've got you've got options there. So maybe I should give Zach Arnett credit for you know he's jumped on board the uh, the ninja program and has not anything leak out of his uh, out of the, the walls of the seal building over there feels like you know there's been a hot name every day and then that it just fades away by the time you go to bed at night. So here's what, what, what do we do know? Well, we know that Mississippi State hired a new defensive line coach today. David Turner returns to Starkville, and I think that's a fantastic hire by, by Zach Arnett. That man recruited all of the great MSU defensive linemen of the past decade. He recruited Fletcher Cox. He recruited Josh Boyd. He recruited Preston Smith. He recruited Chris Jones. He recruited Caleb Yules. He recruited, uh, i trying to think, who else? Obviously he recruited, he never coached Jeff Simmons, but he recruited him. He won that battle against Ole Miss and, and Alabama, which was maybe, it, maybe one of the toughest, the top two or three were toughest recruiting battles in the history of this state. You know, Normally you have some kids, hey, they're going to Ole Miss, this kid's going to state. Simmons, I feel like the whole way, Every step was a, was a grind, and and Turner won that battle and got him into Starkville. And when you look ahead to next, you know this next recruiting class, class twenty four, up in Lake Cormorant this is the top player in the state, Kamari and Franklin, big defensive lineman. You want him? You want him here in Starkville? David Turner is the guy who can sell him and say, look, look at the guys I've put in the league from Mississippi State. You can do everything you want to do. Here at Mississippi State. So I think Turner's a good hire. When you look at the people that that Zach Arnett has hired to be on his be on his staff at this point, Chad Bumpus, Mississippi guy; Will Friend, Mississippi guy; David Turner has been at Mississippi State two times before, knows the lay of the land. He brings Brad Peterson back into the fold on his staff, Mississippi guy. You know Tony Hughes isn't going anywhere, Mississippi guy. Zach Arnett has said two things. He said that, he, A, it's about players, and, B, he wants to dominate the recruiting in the state of Mississippi. He wants Mississippi State to be the school that the best players in this state choose. Well, he's lined up a staff that that makes you believe he's telling the truth. Now, there's still pieces to it, right? You've got to find a running backs coach. You've got to find a tight ends coach, which will coincidentally work with you got to find some tight ends. You don't have the on this roster. And you obviously have got to get the big piece in there, the offensive coordinator. When's that going to happen? It does feel like it's drug one at this point. Am I worried? Eh. I mean, other than tight ends, the only real need you have on offense, as far as the transfer portal goes, is you got to find a quarterback. But that's going to be difficult. Because you're either, A, bringing in somebody and telling them, look, you're the backup, and that's going to be tough to sell. Or, B, you're going to bring in somebody to replace Will Rogers, and that's going to be tough to keep Will Rogers. And you're kind of back to square run, square one there. So that's going to be tough. In regardless of who the offensive coordinator is, unless that guy can bring somebody with him, which you know you never know could happen. And then what else do you need? You need tight ends. But you know, a few weeks ago you thought, oh, they really could use another receiver. But now, you know, I think you're going to see some attrition at the receiver position over the over the the spring and summer because. You're not going to need 15 guys on scholarship like you had. You need fewer receivers. You're going to be seeing more three receiver sets instead of in fewer four receiver sets. So, I expect to see some attrition there. So we wait, we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we'll find out eventually who this athletic director is going. I'm sorry, who this offense. We'll talk about that in the in the second part of the uh, next after we come back from commercial. We got to talk about that. That's that's another thing, and that one has gone. That one that one, to me has gone a little far, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But this offensive coordinator position, I think it'll be filled by the weekend. I really do. And that's not, again, let I me mean, be very clear in case Zach Arnett is listening, he thinks I've, I've infiltrated his network. I have not. That is just me speculating. But I think that by the, this weekend, you're going to see a higher announce for Mississippi State. And I think once you have that higher announce, the other pieces on the staff, the running back coach, the tight ends coach, they fall into place, and you move on from there. And then you start, you know, Mississippi State announced, or at least some some, some recruits announced on uh, Twitter last night that they plan to be at Mississippi State on January twenty eighth for a junior day. Well, obviously, you, you want your full staff by then, so I would imagine that's the case. And you know, those guys need to get the, hit the ground running. There's a lot of great talent here in the state of Mississippi uh, for the twenty four and in the twenty five class. You know, there, there's some big time players that you need to be able to get go ahead and start getting your hands on. Um, if you're Mississippi State, you want to start making those inroads um, with those guys because, like I said, 2024. I, I don't know that 2024 is going to be like 2019 was by any any stretch of the imagination. But there are some there are some outstanding players in that class. I mentioned Franklin Daniel Hill down there in uh, Meridian, the linebacker. Here in Starkville, uh, his, his name is Braylon Burnside. Everybody here calls him Stonka. One of the, he's the top receiver in the state next year. That's a guy. You can't let an A.J. Brown situation happen again. You need to get that guy. You can't have somebody coming in and taking the top receiver in the state out of your, out from under your nose in Starkville. That's going to be a Chad Bumpus special, I would imagine. Uh, Jeff Rush, the big defensive lineman from Pascagoula, four star kid, doesn't have a state offer yet. I imagine David Turner will be hearing, you'll be hearing from David Turner very soon. A lot of good players in the state next year. Some high three stars, and I think a guy like Trey Petty, the quarterback here in, in the city of Starkville, uh, he's going to jump up the rankings as well. Probably the top quarterback in the state next season. So you know, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. It feel it really does feel like Mississippi State is making a a more concerted effort than really they ever have. You think about you know Mullen staffs. Mullen staffs were all about development. They didn't. He didn't really have a lot of big time recruiters on those staffs. Tony Hughes was. Was kind of his guy. I thought Moorhead put a lot more into recruiting than Mullen did, but I think a lot of that was Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead was was a a very strong recruiter as a head coach, and then with Leach, obviously Leach, it's it's wrong to say he he wasn't a good recruiter because he he was, but he clearly was more about the on the field stuff than he was the getting the players in. But he had a decent staff for it. But this staff coming up, I feel like big time is going to hit the ground running in the recruiting business. Maybe we'll have one of those guys on with us next week, hint, hint. All right, when we come back, I'll continue to update you on this basketball game, and uh, we'll talk about the athletic director position. Is that finally coming to an end here in Starville? Is that search going to be over very, very soon? I hope so. We'll talk about it next on Thunder and Lightning. that stand out to me watching this Mississippi State-Georgia game, which just went under a minute to go, tied at 19. Aside from, I guess number one is obvious, State is 2 of 8 at the free throw line, which uh, it's just incredible to me that a major college basketball team is as bad at the free throw line as, as this one is, but they are. The other one that gets me is State has forced 10 Georgia turnovers in the first half, but they only have 3 points off of those turnovers. State simply for whatever reason cannot get easy buckets. They just they can't find a way to do it. Every time they 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 get out in transition, they they're not fast enough up down the up and down the floor. I don't know what the answer is there, but it, 10 turnovers should be worth at least 16-17 points. And it's just not it's not happening for Mississippi State there. So see where it takes them. Like I said, nineteen nineteen, uh, Georgia Joe just fouled on a three point shot, fifteen seconds to go in the first half. So we'll looks like Mississippi State will go down uh, or go down to the locker room with the uh with a deficit to, to face uh over there in Athens. Mississippi State's athletic director search is going on three months. And as a man who has never conducted an athletic director search, I don't know how much I can speak on it, but it just feel like it just feels like it, it's, it's gone on long enough at this point. It feels like it's, it, it's gone on too too long, to be totally honest with you. Especially when it feels like it's down to two guys. We'll still, we're going to discuss them both. One of them, Jared Binko, who is the current athletic director at Georgia Southern and worked here at Mississippi State under John Cohen. That feels like a guy you could hired 24 hours after uh, John Cohen uh, left Mississippi State. But you didn't. So you let, the, let the, the the searches come out this far? So be it. Whatever. Um, the other guy is the guy that I want to talk about a little bit here because I'm intrigued by him. His name is Zach Selman, and he currently uh, is a deputy AD over fan engagement, among other titles, at the University of Oklahoma. Now, if you're an older guy like me and you hear Selman in the, in the University of Oklahoma, you make that connection, and you should. He is the son of... Of one of those three All American brothers, Dewey Selman. So he'd be the nephew of Leroy and Lucius Selman, who are all time legends in Norman at the, on the uh, the campus of the University of Oklahoma. They have uh, some stat. I think there's a statue of the three of them on on campus near the football stadium. He's there. He's the son of Dewey and. His track record is interesting. He's only really ever been at Oklahoma, so I, that's that's that would be a negative. He had one year at North Carolina, so that would be a negative against him. Hasn't been out and seen the wide world. But what I find intriguing about him are a couple of things. One, he's he's known, or at least he has the reputation of being a a a good fundraiser, which for Mississippi State I think is imperative, right? State is a school that needs to find a way to get every cent it can. You know, it, it, can't, it can't just hope for money. It can't just put its hand out and money appears. It's got to work. For, Mississippi State has to work for its money. So a fundraiser is a good idea. But the other thing I like the most about him is that, sort of what I just talked about, he has absolutely zero connection to Mississippi State whatsoever. None. If he toured campus as a part of this job interview, that's probably the first time he's ever set foot in Starkville. Perfect. Say less. That, if you go back to when John Cohen left, I said that very thing. I said, new blood, new ideas, new perspectives. That is what Mississippi State needs. You know, you've had, you've promoted from within your last four athletic directors Templeton, Byrne, Strickland, Cohen. Your last two were alums. It's time to get out of the maroon and white bubble and bring in somebody who has no concept of the Mississippi State way of doing things and will want to do things their own way. I think that's the way forward for Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State needs to be proactive in finding new ideas. You've got enough Mississippi State people in that department. People who've been around, veterans who can who who will hold the traditions and hold Mississippi State together, obviously. But a new guy in charge who has his own way of doing things, his different ways of doing things, I think that's a positive for Mississippi State. You know, state is a, is a school that needs to take risks, all right? Kirby Smart and Nick Saban aren't taking coaching jobs at Mississippi State. Getting a guy like Mike Leach was a huge coup, but you only really got him because he's an outlier in the college football world. Normally, a guy who had his success at Texas Tech would have jumped up to Texas or something like that. But because Mike Leach was the kind of man that he is and the kind of character that he is, it was just not—it just wasn't for him. But look, I mean, Joe Moorhead was a risk that didn't pay off—an offensive coordinator. Is a risk. Dad Mullen was a risk. Great resume, offensive coordinator for the national championship team. But it could have not worked out. It just did. You took a risk and it paid off. Look at state's current coaching staff. You know, Arnett is a risk. Guy's never been a head coach before. But I believe that he'll be okay. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a smart guy. The staff he's putting together lets me know he takes recruiting seriously. And taking recruiting seriously is the only way to get better at Mississippi State. Sam Purcell on the women's basketball side was a risk. Guy's never been a head coach before. Known as an elite recruiter, that's paid off for Mississippi State, but what is he going to do on the bench? Still a work in progress there. Even Chris Salonis was a risk. Was he ready for the for the pressure of being the top guy at one of the one of the top programs in the country? Turns out he was. But it was a risk. Jans is probably the least risky guy on the current st- staff of the, of the major sports because he's been a winner everywhere he's gone. But even he has never done it at the Power Five level. So schools like Mississippi State, and Ole Miss is a school like that too for the most part. you got to take risks. Jackie Sherrill was a risk way back in the day. Can't play it safe. So I like it. I like the concept of the idea of having somebody who... You know, isn't familiar with Mississippi State, a guy who's like, "Hey, what are the good restaurants in town?" We're having a long debate on Twitter and on a uh, and on on message boards right now about the the incredible number of Mexican restaurants in the t- city of Starville. It's too many. Rhino, Starkville is a city that has like, like when you combine the the, the college, maybe thirty five thousand people, right? Right. How many Mexican restaurants do you think we have in this town? Uh. A baker's dozen. You're not far off. There, there, there's if you count the fast food ones like Chipotle and Salsaritas, there's 12. Oh wow, I was close. That's too many. That's too many. Somebody uh, on our mailbag one time on the on the podcast pointed out that per capita, in terms of population of actual like, I, I don't know what the politically correct term is, so I'm going to say Mexicans, but. That New York obviously has, or New York has more per, more Mexican people per capita than Starkville, but Starkville has more Mexican restaurants per capita than New York. I thought that was an incredible statistic, and it only gets keeps getting bigger. There's two more opening up. It's killing me. Anyway, back to the athletic director thing. Just wanted to rant there for for a second. Now I'll probably end up ordering Mexican for dinner on the way home. So all in all, for Mississippi State, this is another search. I I kind of see wrap it up in the uh, in the coming days. It just feels like I mean, John Cohen left what Halloween weekend? Was that right? It was State's off week for football. So that's that feels. It was around that time, right? It was it was when I guess it was between the the Arkansas and the uh, the Kentucky game. Yeah, yeah. Mid October, and this is now we're in we're into 2023. We're into January, and then no, nothing's done. It feels like it's got to be wrapping up. I feel like those two guys, Jared Binko and Zach Selman, are your top two guys. People I've talked to, and people who have just you know, texted me out of the blue. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. Some of them I trust. Some of them, you know, we're just people talking. But those are the two names that keep popping up the most. And I can't get a feel. To be totally honest. On who has the lead. I think it's Selman. I think I think that's the way it, I think that's the way it's leaning, but it might only be like a 5149 kind of thing. So put athletic director on our list of things we'd like to see done by the end of the week. You know, if we were Mark Keenum's boss, we' be like, look, we need to get these things done. You know, can we let's circle back to that, promote some synergy or something. I don't I don't know all the bu- the corporate buzzwords. Anymore. Now they don't use them here in the radio business. We just talk about you know branding and content. We don't talk about other things like that. All right. Uh, when we come back, we got to we'll keep talking about uh, Mississippi State and this basketball game. They're at the half right now, twenty to nineteen Georgia. We'll talk a little recruiting. Talk a little Mississippi State football and what the transfer portal needs to bring Mississippi State's way two things like that when we come back this is thunder and lightning live on super talk mississippi thunder and lightning on super talk mississippi line of this basketball game is so ugly it could be a modern art masterpiece the only thing that's above 21.9 percent in the shooting world is georgia's free throws which is the difference in the game right now still at the half 20 to 19 georgia's georgia's 7 of 12 off the line 58.3 percent that's still a really awful shooting percentage but compared to everything else it's like they haven't missed State is shooting 21.9% from the floor, 21.4% from the three-point line, and 20% there, 2 of 10, from the free-throw line. That is an incredible stat. And then Georgia is 20% from both the floor and from three. I mean, this is not what Dr. Naismith wanted. This is not, this is not what that man had envisioned when he hung the peach basket up. This, this, is, this is brutal. Absolutely, right. DJ Jeffries, one of nine shooting thus far. Maybe, maybe pass it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe give it to somebody else. So, all right, second half starting up right now uh, in Athens. Bulldogs. All of that, and State's only down one. Very much in, in place to win the game. So, uh, we'll see. Where, oh, they had Red Panda tonight too. Man, I'm sad. I'm sad. I missed that. Everybody loves Red Panda. This is Thunder and Lightning Live. If you ever missed the show? And you miss stuff like me talking about Red Panda. You can always get it on wherever you get podcasts from, just an Apple, Spotify, wherever you, you subscribe to that gets podcasts. This show is available to you. And of course, all of the thunder and lightning podcasts five days a week available to you there as well. And at supertalk.fm where, you know, you should bookmark that website anyway. All the sports news that we have, state, old miss, southern miss, high school sports. It's all right there. It's at, at supertalk.fm and it's all free. There's no subscriber fees at Supertalk.fm. We just we just give it away. We're givers. That's what we are. All right. Hopefully Mississippi State can start giving uh, the basket a workout here in the uh, in the second half. We'll see what happens there. I talked a little bit about Mississippi State recruiting and and these guys that you know for for the for next season what that's going to look like. It's interesting to me because Mississippi State, like like I said earlier, has never really sort of pushed. I don't know that all in is the right word. Mississippi State is never going to be a school that that signs top five, top ten classes, right? Unless they're starting to operate outside the rules. And and you think about what today you know, what that would mean. What would be operating outside the rules mean in today's world with NIL and things like that nature? If you by the way, if you did not catch the interview with uh Charlie Winfield from the Bulldog Initiative, I highly suggest you go back and do that. Uh, From yesterday's Sports Talk Mississippi It's available on the podcast It's also available on our YouTube channel The Super Talk Mississippi YouTube channel You can find that and clips from all of our shows Political and sports And Rebecca of course you know, just talks about awesome cool stuff Uh, It's all right there And now I've lost where we were going with that Talking about recruiting and and all these players and, And State never really pushing all in And you know It feels like that's what Arnett has made, you know, into his, 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 his mantra. You know, he is going to have a staff that is, that he can trust on the recruiting battles. And I didn't mention Matt Brock earlier, you know, a guy who's been here for the past three years. I think he's turned into a fantastic recruiter. Most of state, a lot of state's young defensive talent is on campus as a result of Matt Brock's uh, ability to recruit them. So, how does that look for Mississippi State? State has always been a, a school that pr- preached development. And, you know, you think about these days in the transfer portal, you know, the, the days of, of development and guys sticking around three, four years or whatever, I mean, those are kind of gone. You look at the transfer portal and what it's done to state right now, you think about Braden Locke and Sawyer Robertson, both gone. Both headed out. The one's, uh, you know, Sawyer Robertson uh, last. They both committed yesterday. So Sawyer Robertson to uh, to Baylor. So he's headed back to his home state of Texas. And uh, Braden Locke, we thought that I thought that was a little strange. Headed up to Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's already picked up three quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Now, granted, they had to. They they are completely resetting things, kind of the same way State did with Mike Leach. To be honest with you, I mean, Wisconsin's been a school that. I mean, you thought State ran the ball a lot. Wisconsin out of control doing that. But that's kind of where you are. So, what does it look like for when it, if you see state really getting active in recruiting? They just have really never done it. I think the Moorhead years, like I said, have been probably the best example of that. But I think that was you were driven by a coach who was a recruiter himself, who liked the recruiting process. I will never forget being able, and I, I give Joe Moorhead a lot of credit for this. So when he allowed us to go into the signing day war room and be there as he talked to the recruits when their letters of intent came in and things of that nature and his passion for those young players, it was, it was prevalent. It was obvious, you know, all of Joe Moorhead's faults were more mainly as, you know, running the program, but for getting talent in, I mean, look at the players, you know, look at some of the guys at states who were state's best players this past year. You know, so he, Joe Moorhead got a lot of them. So what does it look like, though, from the head coach down when everybody's on the same page for recruiting and, and you don't have a staff that, you know, I mean, Mullen's staff, we talked about it all the time. Man. They, were, they were not great recruiters. They were A lot of them were kind of lazy in recruiting. I don't think you're going to have that problem with this staff. And I wonder if there's more Mississippi connections to come. You know, I don't know who that would be. Somebody asked, what is Red Panda? Google Red Panda, Dwayne. Google it. It's an awesome halftime show. Chris Jams makes the tournament with this team to deserve the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes, there's nothing peaceful about the way Mississippi State plays basketball. It's very, very uh, harsh and violent. Jason says, I love the full metal jacket reference. You can make a lot of references from full metal jackets. Some of them you can't make on the radio. Simple as that. If you guys want to talk to me, by the way, the text line, always available to you, 601 So State with a staff full of recruiters. You know, you think about Ole Miss through the years. They've always been the school that you thought was more flashy in recruiting, right? And we won't, we don't need to make any comments about you know the NCAA or all that. I'm, but my entire life, Ole Miss has been the, the the school that you know you felt like put a premium on recruiting, took recruiting seriously, liked to brag about recruiting. Mississippi State was the school that you know, it's kind of the same way that if you were you were doing the, the stereotypical thing. You know, took the salt of the earth guys and turned them into winners. That's that's always been so. Sort of it's going back to Dan Mullen, even Jackie Sherrill. Now Mississippi State's going to try to put its toe in the pool and go after the big time prospects. Can they be successful? You know, obviously results on the field help, and in this day and age, contributing to the Bulldog Initiative is going to help. Talking to Charlie Winfield yesterday, I think he feels. I think he. I think his overall mood is confident that Mississippi State is in a good spot in terms of recruiting, in terms of what they can offer players. And I I tell you this much, I do agree with what Charlie said about the way they want to handle the initiative in NIL at Mississippi State, and that's to pay the proven guys. Not use these packages to try and, and lure in recruits. Try to use it to keep what you've got. Would I rather have some new kid coming in, or would I rather have Bucky Watson and Jet Johnson, and Nathan Pickering and Jaden Cromedy back? Which would I rather have? I would rather have the veterans. So that's that's going to be that's going to be you know, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago that I think that Mississippi State and whole Miss in recruiting are going down a different path. I think State's kind of sticking to the we're going to recruit 25 plus a year high schoolers. We'll use the portal to to patch some holes, but we're going to be very sort of old school about it. Whereas Ole Miss, as we can tell these past two years, they're going all into the portal. They only signed 11 high school kids, so they're going to be looking for 15, 16 kids out of the portal. Who's right and who's wrong? Right now it's 1-0 Mississippi State. What will it be in four or five years? I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, from an NIL perspective, how, are, how is Ole Miss going to work things? I don't know. You know, the Grove Collective has been, again, a little bit more forthcoming about some numbers. Charlie Winfield yesterday, the Bulldog Initiative, they don't release the numbers. They don't tell you how much is in, in the bank. They don't, they don't tell you how much they, the milestones that they've reached. And, and I think that the, the thought process there is very sound. I think it's if you tell people how much money you have, A, from a donor perspective, you might get, okay, they got X amount of dollars. That's enough. I don't need to contribute any more. Never true. Always need more. But, two, you have players asking, look, if we have this much money, why can't I get more? Why can't I get a bigger piece of it? You know, I have no much. I have no idea how much money Super Talk has in the bank. If I found out tomorrow, I'd be like, "Hey, find i can get a raise." What are we doing here? So They don't tell me that. They don't tell you. Know, if you own a business. Do you tell your you tell your employees how much money's in the bank. No. If they ask for a raise. You sit down and discuss it with them. If they're worthy, they get one. So that's kind of the process for the Bulldog Initiative. But it looks like they're going to have some players to work with over these next few years because I I really do think that Zach Arnett has decided that recruiting and recruiting here in the state of Mississippi is going to be his his priority. I think he believes in his ability to coach up players. You know, you've got Bumpus and and Hughes and, and Friend, they're good coaches. That's why they've been around and they've been to the schools they've been at. But that ability to recruit, especially here in the state of Mississippi, which is the home state for so many of these guys, that's going to be a difference maker for Mississippi State. All right, we'll wrap things up, talk a little more basketball when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. If you may Someone who had never watched a basketball game watch this Mississippi State Georgia game, and then you at the you know right after that wrapped up you showed them an NBA game. He would not believe they were the same sport. He just wouldn't. This this is incredible. Twenty six twenty six at the uh, fourteen and a half mark. State is th- shooting twenty six point three percent from the field. That is nearly doubling their free throw percentage. They are 2-of-14 from the line. Tolu Smith is 0-of-7 from the free throw line tonight. That's incredible. Incredible. I I, I can't I, – I've never seen a major college team this bad at free throw shooting, or this bad at shooting in general, to be totally honest with you. And yet they're only down one, 27-26, with 14-and-a-half to go uh, over in Athens. So they're still in the game. They Actually, they just took the lead, 28-27. Jeez Louise. This team, I talked about it on I think it was a Monday show on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's incredible that they have a path to the NCAA tournament, but literally every step there is going to be an, an unbelievable grind. It's going to be like rolling a boulder up a hill. You know, you, one misstep and it's gonna, it all goes bad. There, nothing will ever be easy for this team. You know, could they, you know, have a night where they where they they jump out and somehow they they you know they they hit some shots and they score 75 80 points maybe maybe but i i foresee every game kind of just being like this where they are just just a tough watch and you just kind of have to to you know get through it almost it's just hard it's hard to believe it's hard to i can't i can't get over the fact that state is shooting 28% from the field Fourteen percent from the line and is winning. Georgia's only shooting twenty-two percent from the field. If Georgia wasn't making free throws, and they're not making them at a huge pace again, they're ten of fifteen. They're sixty-six percent, sixty-seven percent. But if they if they were not if if they were not making free throws, or better yet, if State was making free throws, if State was at the same percentage, they'd be up seven eight points right this second. This this team just. They're just tough, man. They, they, when I say, I, th- I mean tough in both ways. I mean tough in the good way, and I mean tough in the bad way. They're, they they play hard, and defensively they don't give you an inch, and that is the only reason they've been successful to this point. But if you like basketball, you don't want to watch this team. <laughs> it's just not any fun to watch. If you can only watch their defensive possessions, they'd be great. But offensively, they are just, just in in so much trouble. Big week for Mississippi State basketball, though. They need to be 1-1 one one this week is what I, I think. You know They have this game with Georgia. Georgia's a sub-100 RPI team, so they need to find a way to, to get that. That would be a good win for them. But if they do lose, the good news is you play Auburn, who's a – I don't know their – and I said RPI, I meant net. I don't know Auburn's net off the top of my head, but the last time I looked they were in the top 40. So you can make up for a bad loss with a good win, especially with both of these games being on the road. But State, like I said, right now, you know, they're leading. One and one this week, and then you come back next week and you have two games at home, and hopefully you can find a way to get, you know, again, one of them. But, you know, if you can get them both, even better. But you, I, I take absolutely nothing for granted with this team. I wouldn't predict them to win hardly a game. It's impossible to predict because they're just so bad shooting. What you just have to hope is that they can uh, – Bring the other team down to their level. They can bring the other, you know, muddy the game so much that the other team just can't do anything. You know, they remind me of maybe I'm, maybe this isn't the right answer, but remember in 1999, the football team, you know, that team was not very good offensively, but they were so good defensively that they just made it tough for other teams to win. Maybe that's the analogy here. I don't know. it's harsh. That's that's a hard team to watch. But they win. They're winning games. They're twelve and three. Right now, if the NCAA tournament was happening, Mississippi State would be in it. Jeff and Oxford said, I missed part of the show tonight, Brian. I must have missed a part about Ole Miss. We talked about Ole Miss. We actually did talk about Ole Miss a little bit in the last segment and uh you know earlier tonight, I mean, like I said, most of my most of my MSU affiliates are are covering the game, so all I've, got are, all I've got are my beloved Rebel fans. I know you guys love me. Don't You can tell me. It's okay. Talk to Papa Haydad. You know that in your heart of hearts, you wish that I was the old Miss fan and not Richard Cross. Huh? You know you wish that. You wish it was old Haydad taking up for the Rebels. And old somber Cross is supporting his Bulldogs. Oh, well. All right. Thunder and Lightning. Tomorrow, we'll cover the, uh, we'll recap this game with Thunder and Lightning podcast, and we'll talk about the athletic director search in a little bit more detail. So, me and Robbie Falk have got you covered on that. Check it out wherever you get podcasts from the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you, Rhino there in Studio X. Another great show, and we will be back with you in a week on Wednesday to talk more Mississippi State sports. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow as well. I'm Brian Haddad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi.